0: Welcome to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host Alex Gagne and on today's podcast I speak with photographer Leah Fastin. Leah is a commercial and editorial photographer servicing cities such as New York, Los Angeles, San Francisco, and beyond. She has worked with clients such as the New York Times, Progressive Insurance, US Airways, Bloomberg Business Week, and Fortune to name a few. In this interview, I speak to Leah about some of her early assignments, her approach to marketing, and much more. Leah is an extremely motivated photographer with a wealth of knowledge and experience, so I was excited to get a chance to speak with her. So I hope you enjoy it, and thanks so much for listening. All right, well, Leah Fasten, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for taking the time to do this.
1: Thank you, Alex Gagne. Yeah. Thanks for having me. We're here now. Love this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I guess this to kind of start off. I was kind of curious uh, what you've been working on lately. Um, what was kind the last thing you've been shooting, I guess?
1: Well, my, my life is kind of a mix of client work and personal work, personal projects I'm working on. I'm wrapping up my Lovers in Dolores Park project, mm-hmm. which I've worked on for several years in San Francisco. where we photographed lovers in Dolores Park in San Francisco. We would go to the park on an afternoon and look for couples who are already connected and um, spend time with them photographing them. And that project's wrapping up really because I'm spending a lot more time on the East Coast right now. And the other project I'm working on is a project where we're photographing – families wrestling and roughhousing. Um, and so I'm asking families with their kids to just play and wrestle in roughhouse, and I'm photographing that right now. So those are two personal projects wow. I'm working on. And then we have... We have some nice work out right now. We've got um, work in Money Magazine. We have a nice campaign that's running in Tempe, Arizona, for ASU, uh, Salesforce. We just did a wonderful library of images for them. That's starting to roll out as well.
0: All right, Leah's bumping out here. Yeah.
1: <laughs> story of my life. Right, this is just what I do. Yeah, that's
0: yeah, pretty cool. That's it's a, awesome. That's pretty interesting project. So, like, where the concept of like rough like rough housing family? Yeah. Where did that kind of come from?
1: That's a great question. I think. Um, When I started having kids and I started looking at all of the lifestyle photography that's out there, the photographs that I saw that were directed right to me, the mom, really didn't feel like what my life looked like. They were really, there was a huge space between them. And as I was moving away from editorial and more into commercial lifestyle work, I really wanted to explore that space. You know, why do lifestyle photographs look the way they do? And how can we bring more connection and sort of an improvisational energy into that space? So the project is almost like an exercise. It's just a way of looking at what families look like when they're sort of in moments of connection and love and emotion. And then how do we then bring that onto a commercial lifestyle set?
0: That's pretty cool. So where are you finding the families? It's like kind of people you know and...
1: People I know and people they know and then people they know. I have a PDF I put together and will send out to my community. Um, do, do you have kids? No. Yeah. The, the, so the parent community is a very connected community and someone knows someone who has kids and it's very word of mouth.
0: That's cool. And the people have been pretty receptive of uh, being photographed
1: yeah oh yeah definitely people who want to do it want to do it for sure
0: that's pretty cool yeah that's one thing like how you mentioned like lifestyle images which is like a big component especially when you get into like advertising mm-hmm. and it's something like myself i've struggled with because i know mm-hmm. that there's like a big market for that like mm-hmm. people make a lot of money doing that mm-hmm. stuff but like you said a lot of the lifestyle images you see it's like uh people like driving like a range rover and they like live in a like million dollar house and yeah. it's like who lives like this? <laughs> well, part of
1: it's fantasy for sure, because I, that's how I'd like to live. I'd yeah. like to have a Range Rover and live in a million dollar house, you know, overlooking the Atlantic or the Pacific. Yeah. Um and so it is it is a fantasy, right? And that's what lifestyle photography is. Mm-hmm. I think what for me what started to happen is that the fantasy has started to just look like all the other fantasies. It's become ubiquitous, right? Mm-hmm. Like you said, if every brand is putting a Range Rover in every ad in every beautiful house, you stop almost looking at it, you stop seeing it. Mm-hmm. Um and for me what I want to see is emotion in a photograph. You know, for me, I want an emotion. I want a photograph where I'm going to kind of stop what I'm doing and an emotion is going to pull me into it. And that's what I think is really missing because actually a photograph of a Range Rover is fantastic. If the talent is having a great time, what if happens if they stand on top of the Range Rover, what happens if we open up the back of the Range Rover and now they're wrestling in the back? Mm -hmm. Now the kids are laughing right now. We have a much more interesting story and a much more interesting photograph to look at
0: yeah definitely it's interesting i think about that stuff a lot Mm -hmm. um but i guess just to kind of go back a little bit i was kind of curious like where you grew up and like what are kind of some of your earliest memories of photography
1: yeah i grew up in western massachusetts in a town called northampton which is about four hours north of new york and two hours west of boston my earliest memories of photography were from my father and my grandfather, who were both amateur photographers, who took it pretty seriously. I got my first point and shoot when I was about 14 years old, and I just started making pictures of my friends, um, photographing us partying, hanging out, taking the kinds of pictures teenagers take now on their iPhone, but with film. Yeah. And. I never really thought of that as a particular career direction, but I just really always love to document my world. Yeah, I'm really interested in journaling. I've been keeping a journal since I was 10. So writing and photographing my world has always been really important to me.
0: That's pretty exciting. Yeah. Like, was there a point when you kind of started to take it more seriously and thought you could pursue it as a career? When did that kind of come in the mix for you?
1: Not actually till much later. I stumbled back into photography in my mid-20s. Okay. Um, at the time, I was working at an airline doing route structure analysis and revenue management, my bachelor's degrees in economics. And I borrowed my sister's Pentax K 1000. And one of the cool things about working at an airline is that you get flight benefits and you can fly for free around the country. So I would, I would use my flight benefits and travel to a city for the day and bring my camera with me and just photograph all day. I took a photography class at a community college in Arizona and at night during the week i would process and print my film and that was when i started really falling in love with photography at that point i still wasn't sure about it as a career but i knew that i felt really like i was at home when i was making pictures
0: that's pretty cool so photography wasn't something you studied in college Uh, Mm -mm. uh, self-taught what did you end up what did you go to college for
1: i have my bachelor's degree in math econ so okay. math and economics
0: that's interesting yeah. <laughs> how, that, that i'm always interested like how people make those career transitions because i've talked to a lot of people on this and it's pretty interesting like when you go that career path i would imagine it's more stable like kind of yeah. corporate job yep. like how do you make that jump from like having probably like a 401k and a steady salari- <laughs> yeah. salary to being like all right i'm gonna jump off this cliff and hope that gets
1: the- <laughs> that's a real that's a great question um yeah, I was in my mid-twenties, so I, I didn't have to have as stable a life. I think like if I did that now, that would be a lot harder. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have a sort of side hustle in, in the fitness world. So I've been in and out of the fitness world for 30 years. Um, fitness training, I've worked as a trainer, i worked as a group fitness instructor. Oh, wow. And at the time, when I was at the airline, in my steady, comfortable job, I was also doing a lot of fitness and teaching fitness classes. And so because I had the side hustle, in terms of the stability, I knew I could pay my bills with that, at least for a little while. So it didn't feel as risky or scary because I would just pick up more group fitness classes to cover my rent. We were also living in Phoenix, Arizona, which is – it just was a very affordable place to live. It wasn't like Boston or San Francisco or L.A. It was something – it was very easy to live there, um, Mm -hmm. fairly low cost. So those things combined, I was also married and – That was very stable. So there was just a lot of stability in my life outside of my job, which allowed me to take the risk and go back to school for photography.
0: Oh, so you ended up going back to school for photography.
1: I went to school part-time for photography at ASU while I worked at the State Press, which is the Arizona State paper, and freelanced at um, different newspapers in Phoenix and really just got involved in the photojournalism community in Phoenix. And Arizona State was important because they had a wonderful photojournalism class and a really good paper i never got a degree and i kind of went i did like the minimum amount that i needed to do i'm not i don't love school so i was like okay well i'd rather be shooting so very quickly i was at the state press and i was uh, freelancing or stringing for ap i was a stringer at the east valley tribune um which were which was a daily big daily paper in mesa arizona and i was also working for the phoenix new times which was the alternative weekly in phoenix that's pretty cool well.
0: what kind of stuff did they have you shooting this
1: i sh- the phoenix new times i shot the two restaurant stories every week like the restaurant review in the back of the paper did
0: you get some free meals out. Of that? i did i thought it was the
1: greatest <laughs> thing in the entire world it was my first regular paying gig and i was like oh my god i'm getting paid to, to go take pictures of food and someone's paying me i was always much more interested in the chefs and in the culture of the restaurant than i was actually in the food yeah. um but they liked those photos too, and they ran them. And then from there, I picked up bigger features. I had my first cover with the Phoenix New Times, the portrait.
0: Well, that's pretty exciting. I, I, I always thought I, uh, working on a newspaper it seemed like it could be a pretty fun job because you get kind of get thrown at different stuff all the time. It was
1: awesome! It's such an awesome way to learn photography. And the the photo team at the East Valley Tribune when I was there were unbelievably generous with their time and their critiques and their ideas about how to be a better photographer. So I came in, I had no photographic background. I had no idea what I was doing. I was completely just kind of making it up off the cuff, you know, and they, you know, I could come back after an assignment, roll my film through the processor, and they would sit and look at the film with me on the light table and offer me feedback and criticism and a little bit of grilling. And, you know, if I kind of slacked on a job, they would give me a hard time about it. You know, like they, it it was a team to be accountable to. And I think it was really, really important early on to have that kind of support.
0: Were you always kind of drawn to that, like photojournalism style photos from the get go? Is that always, is that what you kind of envisioned yourself doing when you first started out?
1: Absolutely. What I always love, I mean, I love the decisive moment. And I love the permission that having a camera gives me to go places and experience new things. Mm. Always. Um, And that was really how I got started. I really thought, when I left the airline and went back to school, that I would end up as a photojournalist at a newspaper somewhere. That was where I thought my career would go. It didn't end up going that way. But um, that definitely is an important part of how I see and how I I think about photography.
0: That's interesting. What was kind of your next step after uh, working at the newspaper, I guess?
1: So I I was in Phoenix for two years working at newspapers, stringing, and then we moved back to Boston. And I worked at the Little Sun for a year, and then it was time to kind of move away from newspapers. I and while I was the little son, I carried a Mamiya seven with me and I would shoot whatever I wanted to shoot in that camera. Photojournalism is a wonderful way was a wonderful way for me to start out because it gave me a formula and it gave me a a sort of a how to be a photographer list. This is how you do it. And once I got good at that, I wanted to start pushing out of that formula and pushing out of those boundaries. And that's what the Mimia 7 was for me. So I would shoot just whatever I wanted, film through that camera. And then I took those images and I took the images that I had made on assignment for the newspaper and put them together into a portfolio. This was in 2003. And I started going to magazines and saying, hey, this is my work. This is what I do. This is what I'm excited about.
0: Yeah, it seems mm-hmm. that, that's one thing. Um, I have the utmost respect for photojournalists and things, and I love looking at that type of work. But I, at least for myself, I think I was always drawn to magazines because I like being able to like stylize right. my photos yes. and things. Exactly, like. was that yeah. kind of like uh, making that departure? Because mm-hmm. I know, like, looking at your work now, like you use a lot of strobes, and yeah. you, it's probably some you're like setting up portraits. Is that kind of was that fun to you? Kind of start doing that type of work? That,
1: that's exactly right. That I started to feel very limited by the constraints of newspaper. I wanted. I just wanted to play a little bit more. I wanted to push things more. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to have more fun. And, you know, that's what lighting has always been for me. It's just fun. It's a it's so fun. Lighting is so fun. And uh, newspaper photography just started to feel limiting. Mm-hmm.
0: And then, like, how did you, like, were you kind of working on a portfolio yourself just to kind of start showing the magazines and whatnot? And, like, how are you kind of getting your work out there once you started doing that type of work?
1: So this was um, – 2003 2004 websites were just starting to become a thing uh, i had a website really early and so people could find me which was a big piece of it you know magazines out of new york would there was like three people in boston that had websites who were shooting editorial i was one of them um so i got a lot of work just from actually having a website i my portfolio was made with a lot of love is oh. the only way i can say it i it was just I printed the prints myself. I sequenced them myself. The photos had a lot of meaning. I loved the stories behind them, and when I could get them and get my portfolio in front of people, I think people appreciated that. Yeah. Not so much that the photographs themselves were so stunning, but they felt like me. They felt like something I made, mm-hmm. and it was an offering to a potential client. And I think people responded to that.
0: Yeah, it's good. And like nowadays, do you, do you think it's still important to have like a printed portfolio? Do you still kind of show your book i guess these days for
1: me i i do a printed portfolio twice a year and it's a really important part of my process
0: twice a year you you reprint it Mm -hmm. oh wow yep and like how do you approach it because you were saying before it was always this kind of like personal work from the beginning Mm -hmm. how do you kind of approach that these days because obviously now you're shooting advertising and editorial Mm -hmm. but do you kind of still try to put your personal touch into it
1: it's a mix of personal and commercial and editorial absolutely yeah
0: Yeah, it's Yeah. yeah it's interesting uh yeah because like showing your work in person versus a website it's a it's a very different experience i think and even myself i didn't have a printed book for a while and then i realized from printing my book you kind of you learn a lot from your work just printing it and spending that much time like getting the prints right it, i think it's a good experience for any photographer
1: printing my work is really important i have a wall in my studio called my 6 month wall and as i'm shooting for clients for myself for whatever when i make images i like i respond emotionally to i print them out and i hang them on my wall And then the first week of every month, I take down any images that are older than six months. And what it does is it allows me to kind of just see where I'm at and how the work I'm shooting for myself is different than the work I'm shooting for clients or how a magazine feature might actually line up really well with this other photograph I happen to make of flowers in my front yard. You know, like, there's just a randomness to the way I create and the way I think. And I like to to use a portfolio to kind of rein it all in and pull it together.
0: Wow, that's pretty interesting. A six-month wall. Yeah, that's Uh, what they call it. Are you, like, a person, do you kind of, like, I guess, like, set goals for yourself kind of with your work? Or is it, like, is that how you kind of keep yourself organized, you think? Or it's more of just a way to, like, organize your thoughts, I guess?
1: It's really important for me as a creator to have a structure in place Not so much like it's a goal, like I'm going to put five prints on the six month wall, but I know that the six month wall is there and I know it's part of my process. So it's important for me that I have processes and structure in place around my time and within that container I can create from there.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think when I first started branching off, like I started off photo assisting and then Mm -hmm. when I branched off my own and started shooting Mm -hmm. and like, as you know, as a freelance photographer, your schedule is weird. It's not like a normal job where it's nine to five.
1: It's crazy. It's like
0: no one's going to tell you to show up at a certain time. Right. But I think I realized over time, it's really important to kind of like create structure structure to like organize yourself because that's when you're going to kind of progress and keep working on your work because like if you don't like create those kind of boundaries i think you can kind of this i don't know either get lazy i don't know not lazy but i don't know it's just interesting uh i think about that stuff all the time
1: for me it's about intention for me it's about making the decision that i'm going to wake up every day and work on this thing i call photography i'm going to wake up every day and bring intention and love to this thing that I love, right? Which is photography. And sometimes that means I'm shooting. Sometimes that means I'm out making pictures. I try to do that as much as possible. Um, (laughs) But sometimes it's connecting with clients and sometimes it's sending out emails and sometimes it's having podcasts with Alex Gagne or sometimes, you know, like there's so many ways to bring attention to it, but that's, this is what I do. I mean, this is, yeah, it's my career and it's my job, but it's also like my life. I Mm. mean, I love this career and and how how do I put that structure in place? almost as a permission. So, because I think sometimes what can happen with any job is you can start to feel a little down or a little low or the energy's not there. And this way, I don't even have to think about it. I just show up. <laughs> i like, yeah. just going to show up today for photography and see where we go, right? And yeah. so that's what that is. is yeah, definitely.
0: Sure. I think I, that's like, I kind of agree. It's like every day, like obviously some days you're going to have days where you accomplished more. Mm-hmm. But at least every day if you do a little bit, right. uh, chip away at it. Maybe yep. it's just like emailing a couple photo editors you haven't worked with or like editing yeah. these photos and updating your website. It's like those little things. That's how you kind of make progress and just kind of keep chipping away at it. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like
0: yep. br- brick by brick, as they say. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. And it's it's a way to just, it's sort of like to show up. Like that's the most important thing is like show up for photography every day. And what, what does that look like? And some days those are giant lifestyle campaigns. where We have a producer and a crew and we're making thousands and thousands of images. And sometimes that's me just sending emails to people about a photo I made last week that I'm really excited about. You know, it just, it just depends. Or it's
0: like cleaning out your office and shit like that. (laughs) (laughs) I know, yeah. I
1: probably need to do that more. That's one of Um, my least favorite things, yeah.
0: Yeah, and you know, one thing I always kind of ask people is, did it kind of take you a while to kind of build your like photographic style or like aesthetic, the way you shoot? Because I think looking at your work, um, it looks like you enjoy using flash. And I, yeah. think, I think I saw on your website, you like the Q Flash a lot. Yeah, I love them. I like um, a lot of
1: Q Flashes all at once.
0: <laughs> Did it kind of take you a while to kind of find that uh, visual, I guess, aesthetic? Or have you always just kind of enjoyed that look? Or
1: I feel like even when I'm not shooting with Q Flashes, it still looks like my work. Okay. Like we do a lot, you know, on a bigger campaign, we'll use all B1s right? We'll do something that's a little more sturdy and stable. Um, there's a lot of handheld strobes. My productions are very loose. They're very fluid. I like to move around a lot. Yeah. I don't even own a tripod. Um, <laughs> I like my talent to move around a lot. People are standing up, they're sitting down. I mean, again, like I have this background in fitness, right? I like to move. And I like my lights to move. Um, so very often we'll kind of light a scene using like octabanks or light banks or you know some big light source and then we'll bring the smaller strobes in and play with side lighting and play with direct lighting and i don't i don't i think i've always shot this way i think i've gotten more confident in what different lights can do yeah so i have a more intuitive sense that i've internalized about it you know early on there was a lot of well, what does this light do oh that doesn't look like what i thought it would look like you know whereas now i can kind of like oh this is what it's going to look like and then yeah that's actually what it looks like
0: <laughs> yeah hold on sec. okay that's good
1: i know we've got construction I know. Yeah. So much for the studio. We're on the eighth floor. It's I know. That's okay. Yeah, it's I, th- not I think it adds a little character. You know, it's like It'll be fine. we're out in the environment.
0: It'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, it's not that bad. Um, where was I? Oh, yeah. With like style and things, once you're kind of getting into like commercial work and you're working for like uh, corporations or whatnot, um do you feel like it's important to kind of like create like a niche for your work and like what you're trying to market towards or how do you kind of approach that like you think it's like important to have like a cohesive body of work because i know like looking at your website it looks like you do a lot of stuff for like educational and mm-hmm. um some other like business stuff yeah. is it like you're trying to create work to um like market to those fields or not so much
1: no i don't i don't do a lot of like, I'm going to do a test on corporate lifestyle and then show it to my corporate lifestyle clients. Like, I don't ever do that. Yeah. I photograph things I'm drawn to and interested in. And then I figure out who might also be drawn and interested to that, right? Like, my family's wrestling. Then I'll find art directors who have campaigns shooting families and say, hey, here's some pictures I've been shooting. I've been thinking about connection a lot. Mm. Let me know if I can help you on set. It always starts with what I'm interested in. Um, and then I look for clients that I can help. There, There's a lot... Of image library work for companies and organizations and institutions, there's just that's just a really big market. Um, and so sometimes you know I'll put together a PDF of work I've already shot and send it to a design agency or an ad agency and say, "Hey, I know this is one of your clients. I think I can help with photography. But I don't necessarily make the work to show to them. It's more like, what have I shot and how can I help them?
0: Yeah, that makes sense. It's kind of shoot what you like and put it out there and hopefully someone can use it and whatnot. Yeah. And uh, with like, because I know you do a mix of like editorial and advertising. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you have a different approach to each of those? Or is it all this kind of the same process for you, I guess? It's
1: the same process. The advertising just has a lot more support. It's much bigger. Mm-hmm. Like, everything is bigger. The lights are bigger. The productions are bigger. There's much more intention brought to it. Everything is styled. We have a prop stylist. We have a wardrobe stylist. There's hair and makeup. Um, we're shooting just a lot more imagery, so managing the data becomes a job. There's a digitech on set, if not two. Mm-hmm. Um Whereas editorial is just smaller. It's just littler. But it's the same kind of process. It's yeah. just everything. The lights are smaller. The crew is smaller.
0: Yeah. You got to so. pick up more heavy stuff yourself. I know. I've got to do more lifting. <laughs> I know. And uh,
1: shoot, advertising shoots, I, like, I don't even touch the lights. You know, someone <laughs> else brings them in. I don't.
0: With the advertising stuff, mm-hmm. like, um, did it kind of take you a while to get comfortable kind of with that process? Because it is, there's a lot more in terms of, like, the estimating and putting together, like, treatments. Yeah. And then, like you said, it's, like, a bigger crew. Yeah. Um, like, had you assisted at all or do you just kind of learn on your own or how is that kind of transition into that type of work
1: i haven't done barely any assisting i've yeah. taught i'm pretty self-taught i have an incredible network of people that i can call on if i need help with any of what you just said yeah i always work with an agent Um, a photographer's agent. As soon as an ad agency project comes in, there's agents I'll freelance with to help with the bid. Mm -hmm. And then I do the treatments. I worked with a design agency to put a template together for my treatments. So I can actually do treatments pretty quickly and they look pretty good because it's all, it's just a template. I kind of drop stuff in and I'll write the direction I want to take the shoot, but the hard work's already done. The design.
0: Yeah. The treatment, that's a tough thing. I've like done that. And it, like, how do you approach those things? Are, do you write a lot, or do you try to keep it like uh, concise, or like what your vision is for it? Because you, I've seen like so many other photographers like that. You can go crazy with it, and like, yeah. so, how how do you kind of approach those? It
1: depends on each project. Yeah. Um, the the purpose for me of a treatment is, I want to show off how killer this project is going to be because you just brought me on, yeah. right? Like, I am going to solve. Not only am I going to solve the problem, but this campaign is going to be incredible, and I want to show you that. <laughs> Some treatments require a lot of explanation. Some treatments are just really clearly they need to see this. Um, I see each treatment as almost like a little zine I put together. I, I love doing treatments. I, I think it's really fun to go through and edit my work and solve the problem of what the agency needs. It's fantastic. We have a creative deck and I can just pull right from there that's not always the case sometimes yeah. part of the treatment is explaining how we're going to help them with the creative tech you know whatever <laughs> it's my opportunity to say to them this is how i'm going to help and this is what i'm going to do so yeah. i actually i really like treatments and we I have a few friends who will bounce treatments off each other and be like hey what do you think about this Cool. i'll like, just, I'll just yeah, send you, I'll send you me a treatment i'll, I'll look I'll, I'll, at it I'll, I'll send you mine from now on <laughs> totally i love it i love treatments i love you know i love this this opportunity to say to you okay this is how we're going to work together and we're going to come together
0: yeah it's interesting it seems like it's become like a big component of like the business now it's like sure. yeah it's like more and more. Like, I I don't remember. Like, when I first started assisting, like the photographers I was working with, they're shooting like big campaigns, but I don't really remember them like putting these big like treatments together. Really, they would kind of show their portfolio, their website, and then a conference call. And that was about it. But now the treatments become like a big component of those big jobs, I guess.
1: I think that, um, I think the nature of advertising agencies with their clients has really changed. Mm -hmm. And I think what's happened is agencies really need to sell the photographer to their client in a way that I don't think they used to have to do. Mm -hmm. So what the treatment actually is, and this is something I talked a lot about in the bidding process, is is this treatment for the ad agency or is this treatment for the client? Because they're actually two different treatments you need to put together. I think what's happening a lot is the agency will then go to the client and show them the treatments. And then the client's actually choosing the photographer from the treatment, yep. which is a really different way of working than an art director saying, you know, we love Leah Fast and we love Alex Gagne. They're who we're going to shoot this campaign. Yep. That's a different, it's just a different kind of creative process.
0: Yeah, definitely for sure. And uh, what was I going to say here? Uh, oh, yeah. Um one big thing about being a photographer, mm-hmm. um, it's a lot of rejection. Like oh yeah, so lot, much rejection! You, the amount of jobs you bid on versus the ones you lose out. Um, so much rejection. When you yeah. lo- do, you feel like you've gotten like stronger at dealing with that like rejection and <laughs> losing out on jobs. Long <laughs> you've done it, or do you still like if you lose out on a big job? Does it kind of bum you out, or how do you kind of roll with those punches? Because
1: all <laughs> those punches. That's a great question. Rejection is such a big part of this industry. Failure is such. Sure, I think failure is a big part of any success. I think any successful person you know, I've photographed a lot of successful people for editorial projects mm. and failure's just a really big part of it. And as you get higher and higher up, it's more and more failure and the failures are bigger. Yeah. Um I I don't know how I respond to that. I think that I, I think it's just so much a part of what we do. But I think now I'm just more excited when I actually don't fail. It's just like, okay, I'll do another treatment. Oh, here's another treatment. Like, oh, I booked the job. What? Like, yeah, yeah. there's almost this sense of like, I think like I, it's just part of what we do.
0: I kind of go with the mentality of like, I don't even get excited until like, like the, the check uh-huh. is cleared and I'm like, on the job. Like I'm like, could you because early on, like, you can get really excited. You're like, oh, I got this call from them. This is going to be great. Right. And they're like, yeah. we're gonna, so many times like, we're going to shoot next week. It's going to be great. And then you get another call like two days later. Actually, the job's not doing it anymore and it's like <laughs> yeah. but i think it's a good like skill to have just be able to take that like beating uh, especially when you're like running a small business on your own because like you said it's, it is a lot of rejection I
1: yeah know. i mean i'm I, I, there's nothing in my life that a really long run can't cure right i mean there's definitely like yeah. you know there have been some big big losses yeah. and you know i just kind of buck up Call someone I love and go for a long run and get back at it and do yeah, it again. Yeah,
0: definitely. Yeah. And, you know, when you're working commercially and you're doing this to make money and make a living, um, was like running a business something that kind of came natural to you, like marketing your work? Like, is there anything you kind of like um, learned over the time of doing it that kind of mm-hmm. sticks out in your mind is like um, that you've learned, I guess, about running a commercial photography business, I suppose?
1: So from the beginning when I left my job at the airline, I said that I need to be able to make a living as a photographer, that's important. I need to do that because if not I need another job and then photography will be something else. But I wanted it to be the way I make my living. And so because of that, that's always been really kind of woven into how I work. I find that when we talk about putting a marketing campaign together, <laughs> my eyes start to kind of glaze over, right? That actually marketing is is quite boring for me. Yep. What isn't boring is finding people who are excited about my work, who want to work together and make something great. Mm -hmm. And when I focus on that, I actually kind of like marketing. Because it means that I'm actually looking for my people. I'm not really marketing. I want to search for the people who get me and i get them and we're going to make something incredible yeah so when i'm showing portfolios and i'm sending out the e blasts and i'm sending out the postcards what i'm actually looking for are my people i'm yeah. looking for my tribe i'm looking for the people who are who get me and want to do something really cool together
0: that's smart like have a target like Cause I think when I first started, it's just like sending shit to everybody. <laughs> it's like, uh, but yeah, like you yeah. said, like kind of finding the people that you want to work with, and just kind of focusing in on that rather than just kind of blasting it everywhere, I suppose.
1: Yeah, I I've done a few in my career, like buy a list of five thousand names and send everyone postcards, and I just it it doesn't it doesn't nourish me at all, and it doesn't really get me anywhere. I, I find that I, more, researching it more and really reaching out, hey. I really love your design, I really love your work, I know you won this award, What? how can I help? Let's yeah. just do something together, that works better for me. Yeah, and
0: those people that you're this email blasting, they can tell like it's, yeah. Th- you didn't do any research on them. That's yeah. what I realized. If you really want to work with these art directors on be at whatever company, you got to be a fan of their work and, and like show that you have respect for what they're doing and you want to partner. And then I think when you do that extra work, they can tell, and then they'll actually take a look at what you're doing.
1: Well, and also selfishly, the work is so much better from my perspective, right? Like when I am really excited about what an art director is creating or their vision, when we work together on something... I'm going to be really excited to be working on it. So part of it is, like, I want them to like me, but part of it is, like, I, I want to make pictures I'm excited about. I want to work on campaigns that I'm super excited about. So when I can find those people... Those projects are just so much more interesting, mm. sort of a more enriching career.
0: Yeah, definitely, right? uh, for sure. And you know, one thing I wanted to talk to you about. Um, we both recently did the uh, is the portfolio review in New York City. It was yeah. the was the SPD. Yeah. Uh, did so you
1: do photo works too?
0: No, I didn't no? do. I didn't do that. I uh-huh. just did that, and I was curious to get your take on these like pay to play portfolio reviews. Where you you pay money and you can meet <laughs> with different clients yeah. like magazines or art producers. Um, have you done a lot of that? And like, what do you? What's your kind of take on those?
1: I think it depends on the event, and I think it depends on um, who the people are reviewing. Mm-hmm. I again like the way I approach marketing is I'm looking for my people. Right, I'm looking for the people who are going to look at my work and be like, yes, mm-hmm. yes, I love this portfolio. I w- put me on your list. I want to stay in touch. Oh, here's a campaign. You know, like th- that's who I'm looking for, and I find that those portfolio reviews are a very efficient way to do that. Like I can pretty quickly find five, six, seven people who are really excited about my work. So it's kind of a launching mm-hmm. for me or a jumping off point. Um, I think it's one piece of a much bigger mix. There's lots of way to f- ways to find those people. It sure is a lot easier to just go to a studio and meet with seven people than lugging my portfolio all over New York, right? Like, yeah. But I still lug my portfolio all over New York. Yeah. So it just depends on the event.
0: Yeah, it was interesting. I was like the first time I'd done one of those things, and it was. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I'd never. Oh. I mean, I show my book all the time, but yeah. I'd never done one of these like pay to play, yeah. like sit down and uh, it was like speed dating for a portfolio review. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that was a nice event, though. I met some really nice people. and.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. definitely. I look at it like um, I don't expect anything out of it, but mm-hmm. like anytime you can talk to people, and like as you know, sometimes you'll meet with somebody and you might not get a job in six, seven years, you might get a call or something. It's, like, yeah. it's so random. Um but yeah it's interesting and uh, another thing I was interested in talking to you about, you recently moved back to the Boston area from yeah. San Francisco. Yeah. I was curious um, how that kind of transition has been for you. Because um, I've always thought about that, even myself, like thinking about moving somewhere else uh-huh. is for a change. Yeah. Was that kind of scary for you? Like, because, like, obviously you spent all this time living in San Francisco, building up your clients that you're probably working with out there. Yeah. And then you moved to a new city. Was that, like, a scary move for you? Or, like, how do you feel that transition has been?
1: So, Boston. Boston's like my photo home. Like I lived in Boston. We moved to Boston from Phoenix in 2001. And I was in the Boston area until 2010. And it's really where I learned photography. It's where I found who I am. Boston was my local market for a really long time. Even when we moved to San Francisco, I was still flying back here for work. I love the way uh, people on the East Coast create. I love the creative process on the East Coast moving to San Francisco was the bigger risk because it was like, Oh my gosh, we're picking up a moving to San Francisco. Okay. What happened for me in San Francisco is that I really started shooting much more regional and national projects. So in terms of leaving San Francisco, I wasn't really leaving a local market. I don't have a lot of the local clients I have in San Francisco are, are, are national brands. Okay. Um, and I can fly back there. I still keep a room in San Francisco and like, I'm happy to work as a local there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, it felt more like I was coming home okay. than I was walking away from something. It feels really good to be back on the East Coast.
0: Yeah, that's good because I, yeah. I, I, I always thought about that. Sometimes It can be scary moving somewhere different and mm-hmm. like because I, I, you build up your clients, but that that's good to hear. You kind of this, uh, it's like yeah, like you said, you, as a photographer, you can kind of work wherever pretty much if people want to yeah, hire absolutely. you. It, it doesn't really matter.
1: And I also think moving to San Francisco, you know. I, I started shooting in Phoenix, and when I got to Boston, it was clear that I was still seeing light as if I was in Phoenix. And then over time, I started to, I think, sort of become a East Coast photographer or Northeast photographer in New York, Boston. I think moving to San Francisco was a really important exercise in getting out of my comfort zone. People approach a creative process much differently in San Francisco, and it was a really interesting Just It was really healthy and good for me to get out of the sort of perfect little safety bubble that is the Boston, New York market, and really push myself to be more on the West Coast. I think my work grew a lot, and I think I grew a lot. So in a sense I'm really I would recommend anyone shoot in a few different markets and really kind of get a sense of what the creative is like there. It's really hard to leave your local market.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Even like not in photography, but moving it's always scary. Yeah. It's, it's different. Yeah, it's interesting. How do you feel like the market in SF versus Boston is different? Is it how how does it differ, do you think?
1: I think the Northeast has a really lovely kind of academic edge to it. People in the Northeast understand the history of photography and understand how an artistic process and how a commercial process can really be put together. Yeah, I found on the West coast, it's much more about just being in the moment and enjoying what's happening right now with photography. There isn't really like a historical context for it, which I thought was an interesting way to shoot. Um, I like the way people show up on the in the East Coast. Okay. It's a really hard working group of people here. Uh, and Boston uh, is tough. I mean like <laughs> Boston's just a tough city and it's I just love it here. Um, things aren't so tough in san francisco it's a lot nicer there it's it's, right. everyone's it's, nice and it, polite and
0: sunshine 70 yeah, degrees <laughs> that's right <I'm laughs> much of an edge. um and you know I, I was just talking to you i know you mentioned it at the beginning of the podcast mm-hmm. your project lovers in dolores park yeah i was it was a personal project correct yeah. um how did that kind of um start for you and what was kind of your goal with the project i guess
1: started shooting that for a number of reasons one is that at one point, I had an awful lot of editorial portraits in my portfolio. I got to San Francisco, and much of my work was portraiture, one person doing their thing, mm-hmm. which is wonderful, but I was i, I, I was interested, in, like, I was used to making pictures of people connecting with me, and I wanted to see what people looked like when they were connecting with each other. So that was kind of sitting in my world. I started to feel a little bit, San Francisco's a very young city, and when I arrived there, I was feeling like I wasn't, like, I wasn't like a super young person anymore, and so there was a little bit of like a midlife crisis happening. And I wanted—I was interested in the nostalgic, um, the nostalgia of being young and in love and spending the day in the park. And so those two things were kind of in my world. And then I thought, well, where, where would I find? couples like where could I find a lot of couples and there was a lot of couples in Dolores Dolores Park is a very crowded park in the Mission in San Francisco it's amazing like best view of the city yeah (laughs) yeah and it's a scene I mean it, it became more of a scene as I was photographing the couples and so I just, just sort of with an open heart went to see what would happen. I brought a couple of lights with me and would just start asking, tell people what my project is. And once I started shooting it, I would bring prints with me and show them and then it was much easier to get people to agree to do it.
0: Yeah, I think the thing I've realized the longer I've done done this, like mm-hmm. you start building this catalog, catalog of work and if you, you can mm-hmm. kind of approach anyone to be honest pretty much and you can kind of show them they can tell you're serious yeah. and it like right. op- opens up so many doors. Yeah. Like... It's crazy. Like the, uh-huh. it doesn't even. It's not that hard to do, but it's pretty interesting. You're kind of this. Like, show up to park one day and then started talking to these people, and people were kind yeah. of game for it.
1: Yeah, and a lot of people aren't game for it, and yeah. they just find other people.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know? yeah, um, move on to it.
1: Yeah, there was a, there was a lot of couples there.
0: Mm. And do you feel like uh, shooting those personal projects is like important to you um, to take yeah. time to do that stuff?
1: Yeah, I mean that's what it's all about, right? Mm. I mean that's why I'm doing this is so I can make pictures I love and I'm excited about. Mm. So that's what the personal projects are. That's cool. And do yeah. you
0: do you feel like do you ever have like creative ruts where at times like you feel like you're not producing enough work or you're kind of like in a funk or anything like that? Sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I don't think you can be a creative person and not yeah be in those places. Um, I think that for me the most important thing is to just keep showing up and shooting. Mm-hmm. And so even if I'm in a creative rut and I'm not sure what I want to be making pictures of, like maybe I'll buy a new light and try it out or I'll get a new camera lens or, i'll ask 15 of my friends if i can just come make photographs of them like when i'm feeling uninspired and i'm not particularly like that excited to go make pictures again just show up and make pictures yeah <laughs> like just just start just go out and do it and then often what will happen is i can kind of work out of that rut
0: yeah definitely it's like chipping away at it because mm-hmm. i know sometimes i'm like because i always like having like a project to work on but sometimes yeah. i just i just don't have anything and i'm right. like i'm like trying to think of an idea and like you, you can't really force it but no. it, it is the best feeling when you're like you finally like stumble on something like yes that's like i got something to work on yeah. well
1: and also for me my personal projects don't always they're not that conceptual it's not like yeah. i'm going to do a body of work where i photograph lovers in dolores <laughs> park it's more like gosh i'm kind of nostalgic for this time in my life and yeah. i'm really curious about photographing people together i wonder what would happen if i photograph people in a park <laughs> i want to go to the park and see what happens and and that's kind of what what happens on my personal projects it's not i don't tend to come up with the concept and then put it into production it's more just kind of like this like a seed i'm going to go explore and sometimes that grows into something bigger and sometimes it's just me taking pictures of the caterpillar on my in my front yard you yeah. know like i just make a lot of pictures and i'm shooting a lot yep. i delight in shooting and so it's, and sometimes it's just me running around the house with my key flashes, shooting my kids. You know, and, like
0: and then you throw it up on the six month wall. Put it up on the six month <laughs> wall. That's right, exactly. And and don't
1: worry too much about judging it. Like just put it up. Like just put it up there. Show up and put it up on the wall. And how's it fitting with everything else? Yeah.
0: I love yeah. I love going through like old hard drives from like mm-hmm. ten years I ago. Know, I'm right? like I'm like damn man, that's yeah. a good one. I'm, I'm gonna use yeah. that again. I know
1: I've been doing that for for Instagram. as I'll go through and like okay, what was I doing ten years ago today? And just start pulling those images. And now I have like a, a place to put them. I can put them on Instagram.
0: Yeah, and I was gonna ask you. It's pretty funny. Uh, you started an Instagram for for your actual. For my portfolio it
1: has its own instagram feed yeah,
0: I, 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 yeah. it's pretty funny it's, i know you created an instagram for an object yeah, <laughs> it's my
1: portfolio <laughs> what, i know
0: what was the idea behind that yeah
1: i just because <laughs> my portfolio wanted her own instagram feed i was like okay it's um
0: it's good it's like it's just it kind of shows your sense of humor yeah
1: it's fun i feel like i feel like portfolios are yeah we just go out and have these adventures together and we meet all these people and like I didn't necessarily want to put that on my regular Instagram feed. I thought, I thought I wanted it from her point of view. Like, what is it like to be a portfolio? What is it like to live in a studio with f- cameras and cue flashes? And then you get out and you get to go to New York and party and yeah. see the world. And um, it just sort of came from like, what would it, what's it like for her to be out there doing it? i love it
0: i love it because anytime because like instagram is like this interesting tool and a lot you can use it in a million different ways yeah so much and like it's interesting when you see someone using it differently Mm because it's just like a thought and like that it just kind of shows your personality and i bet like some clients probably love that i hope so they'll probably go leah's pretty funny let's get her out here Yeah, yeah
1: i mean i i like it too because i I felt a little bit at first I felt a little uncomfortable like I'm showing work to an ad agency like would you mind if you take a selfie with my portfolio and people are like yeah okay yeah take pictures and so it's fun to see too like I'm meeting so many new people on the East Coast like since I've been here mm-hmm. it's just like part of the reason I'm back on the East Coast is to reconnect with people that have been hard to keep up with on the West Coast but also just you know who are the art buyers right now at ad agencies and what are people interested and in. it's fun to kind of have a record of all the interesting people Yeah, we're meeting together. Yeah, Yeah. so
0: you've been hustling. You're going down to New York a lot and showing your book, and like you feel like that's pretty important—is to get in front of people and show your work. Always. I think that's like the only way I get hired. It's 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 just like they get what it's all about. Yeah, they get a sense of who you are,
1: and uh, that's that's everywhere though. I mean, in California, I would go down to LA for a couple days and show work. Like I again, like I I think being a a photographer is a very lonely career. And I think right now, especially with digital, like there's just a lot of time and me and my files and my portfolio. And like, it, I, for me, I like this kind of connecting in person. And so the more portfolio meetings I can get, the better. I love that.
0: Yeah, definitely. And like, um, being that like photography is such like a competitive business, like, um, what kind of keeps you going like through the ups and downs? Cause obviously there's times that are kind of slow and sometimes they're busy. Um, what kind of keeps you going and keeps you wanting to do this, I guess?
1: Well, that's a great question. Um, in terms of being competitive, I live in a sort of special Leah world where I just forget about all the other photographers. That, like I don't tend that's, that's to <laughs> yeah, I don't tend to think, what is everyone else doing? It's more like, what am I doing right now, and what can I do? Yeah, you know when things are slow, you know I'm lucky to be in a place in my career where, things Are slow, I know they're going to get really busy again. Like, it's not, I don't think there's going to be a slow point when that's it, I'm done, my 20 year photo career is over, you know. Yeah. So, I think for me now, when things are slow, it's an opportunity to like check in on my marketing, check in with friends, go out and meet people, show some of my, my portfolio a little bit more, like just sort of reconnect with the business side. Yep. Um, and then I get busy again, and it's insane, and yeah. you know, all this other stuff gets put on the side. I think actually, one of the hardest things that I think about being a photographer is that the business cycle really is up and down, right? I tend to either be like working so much, I'm going insane or I'm not working at all. Yeah. And for me, so it's like an up and down curve. And I think one of the hardest things for me is making sure when I'm really busy, I'm still marketing and making sure I'm still like doing all those things I need to do to keep my business running mm-hmm. rather than just waiting until it's slow and trying to catch up. Yeah. Exactly. That's a hard yeah. It's balance. just
0: consistently doing it and, you know, being patient and keep working on stuff. Pretty right. Smart. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's smart. Yeah. And,
0: uh, I guess, like, what advice would you give uh, to, like, maybe like your younger self, or maybe even this, like, a uh, young guy, young person, kind of getting into this business who's just starting out? Like, what would you tell them with, like, all the experience you have, like, starting out? What advice would you have them
1: for them? You think? I think what I would say is, make pictures you love. Make just make pictures you love. You love, not what you think someone else is going to love, not what you are imitating. Just push yourself to edges you're not even sure where you're going take risks and make pictures you're really really excited about keep your network really really strong show everyone those pictures and keep your finances in line that's right that's that's it
0: che- checks and balances <laughs> that's it that's it like yeah stay up on those quarterly taxes
1: <laughs> right and like that's but it's, it's, you know just like make sure like you know, all that stuff is in line right like those are the three pieces i feel like of the business is like the talent yeah. The, or, which is the work. It's the network, which is the, you know, the, your people. Yeah. And then it's the, you know, the the money stuff.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I guess what's kind of got you excited about photography right now? Anything you're kind of working on that's kind of got you buzzing or anything?
1: I'm really excited to be back on the East Coast. <laughs> I'm just really excited to be working more on the East Coast and booking more projects here and just sort of exploring exploring this place I love so much.
0: Yeah, it's pretty interesting. You'll get like a different look to your work cuz the light's different here. Let's it's see. just yeah, yeah. That should be pretty exciting. Yeah. And uh, I guess this is the kind of last question just to wrap mm-hmm. up is like um, do you got any goals for your photography moving forward or anything you're hoping to work on?
1: Hmm, that's a good question. Um drink- I'm really excited about so I've been doing I've been doing improv for about a year. And I'm really excited to take a lot of the exercises and games we do in improv and bring that onto um, commercial are you been, sets. Or you've
0: been doing like improv acting. Yeah. Like improv
1: classes and improv, um, improv games, improv classes, basically. What, I've been doing that for about a year.
0: What got you into that? Like, what kind of sparked that?
1: When I was on set with, t- with talent, with actors and actresses, and I was giving them cues. A lot of them would say to me, "Like, do you do improv? Have you done improv? Do you know anything about improv? Because you're giving us improv cues right now." Yeah. And I had no idea what they were referring to. And so I thought, "Oh, I should maybe take an improv class."
0: Wow, that's really smart. What, yeah. What, what was like that first class? Like, like, uh, yeah. Awesome. what How do you? What do they do? This tell you to like bark
1: like a dog or something like, I don't know what, what? if your scene partner shows up and starts barking like a dog <laughs> then you oh my scene partner is a dog okay <laughs> One the thing about improv um, that has really resonated with me as a photographer is that when you walk into a scene with your partner whatever your partner offers you is what it is yeah. there's no there's no no there's yeah. no blocking if your partner walks in and they bark like a dog your partner is barking like a dog and my next move is reacting to them barking like a dog yeah and so in photography, what my subject brings is what they bring, right? And so then I'm meeting them wherever they are. So that's one place with portraiture I found it really helpful. But then on commercial sets, improv games are a way to very quickly get past the uncomfortable anxiety that exists on, like, every single set. Yeah, Something that I think a lot about, there's all this anxiety and all of this, like, there's like this almost anxious wall that exists on every single commercial set. Everyone's really nervous. Are we going to get the shot? Am I doing what the photographer wants? Yeah, you know, yeah, Is the client yeah. happy? And using improv games and improvisation with my talent very quickly moves us past all of that. We're all just busy being in the moment, um, giving what's offered to us. And the emotion that comes out of that is fantastic to photograph.
0: Wow, that's pretty exciting. Is it, do you feel like that's like a new challenge for you to like get like good at the like improv thing? Is it like pretty been pretty fun? Mm-hmm. Pretty fun. I love for you? it.
1: Yeah, I love it.
0: Damn, I want to try this now. This thing is pretty, it seems pretty. That's pretty, pretty smart. <laughs> yeah, I
1: love it. I love it. I, the move back. I'm still trying to find my place here in Boston. But um, for me, it's not so much I want to like do improv as a career. It's more like how can I take what I'm learning from my improv classes, which is very much about being in the moment. Yeah. My teacher talked a lot. He called something called jump and justify. Like. When you're having ideas, don't analyze them, just put them out there and then figure out what the story is that comes from that. Um, which I think is really appropriate for a lot of photo shoots.
0: Yeah, especially for your work, because it seems like you, you your thing is that you want the moment to be real. Like you're mm-hmm. doing lifestyle, but it's more like like real roughhousing. But like, how do you get those people to act like that?
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. How do you how do you cre- how do I create those moments? Yeah. Right. Which and they're all created. It's all it's all directed. It's all set up. It's not none of it is. I just happened to find this family that was just wrestling, and I photographed them. Right. Like I created. Like <laughs> you know, I went to their house and I said, now you're going to rough roughhouse. Now you're going to wrestle and now I'm going to record it and that's what ad campaigns are yeah
0: Um, do you feel like uh, do you feel like it took you a while to kind of like learn how to manage that set because we were kind of advertising it could be like 10, 20 people on Mm -hmm. set Yeah. Um, did it kind of you want to get comfortable shooting in that environment or because it is like everyone's looking to you for like what you want kind of you're the boss on that yeah boss have you always that's why I Uh, bought how did you have you always been naturally good at that or
1: I've always been a very naturally bossy person right. (laughs) do what I say I like to boss people around Um, I think that editorial was really good practice for that and I think the thing about editorial is like if you can show up for an editorial feature and make a great photograph you can shoot anything right there's never enough people on on set there's like me and an assistant i've got 15 minutes to tell this entire story the editors in new york want something that's completely ridiculous and out of range like how am i gonna do that and then then i still did it right and so i sort of shooting editorial has given me a lot of confidence that i can kind of almost shoot anything and the thing about advertising is like I just tell people what I want and they do it like yeah. if I if I need a light moved I tell my first assistant to move the light and, he, and I have as many lights as I need yeah. I have all the resources I want
0: that's what so. I mean with advertising they, they give you all the resources to not fail because right. they, they want right. it to be look exactly how it is so yeah. it's like like you said you, you have everything you need you got the assistants that's right. you got the gear that's right all, it's great
1: for me it's you know I, I find advertising is actually a lot easier than editorial advertising is um, I don't want to say easy that's the wrong word it's I have all the resources and support I need yeah. to sort of build these stories up and then kind of let them go yeah, and it, record
0: it. It gives you less to worry about certain stuff, yeah. I guess. Yeah, nah, nope. I, yeah, definitely, I agree. Um, but yeah, thanks so much, Leah. Um, I really enjoyed talking to you. And I guess um, for people listening, where's the best place to check out your work?
1: You can go to my website, LeahFaston.com and you can follow me on Instagram. At, at Leah Fasten.
0: And what's your portfolio's uh, Instagram? Leah's
1: <laughs> photography portfolio.
0: Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll link it. and okay, uh, thanks, awesome. Thanks so much.
1: Thank you, Alex. Really fun.
0: So there you have it. That was the Leah Fasten interview. I want to thank Leah so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. It was a real pleasure getting a chance to speak with her about all her work and experience within the photography industry. Um, definitely go check out Leah's website at leahfasten.com, as well as her Instagram, at Leah Fasten. And as always, I'll be having weekly podcasts every Monday on iTunes, SoundCloud, as well as on my website, alexganyephoto.com, and on my Instagram, at alexgagnephoto. Thanks so much, and take care.